Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am of course your host, Marcus Nez. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to get right into it this episode with uh, The Last of Us, the TV show. I talked about probably not watching it after my dad watched it on his own without me after we planned to watch it together but of course things happen and because of those things things are different and yeah uh, but I decided to give it a go when I was struggling to think of anything else to watch I said to myself well why not just watch The Last of Us? And that is what I did. I'm all caught up with the five episodes that are currently out. And I'm going to focus on the third episode, which is the episode that has received the most discourse. Uh, there's been a lot of hubbub around it. There's been a backlash amongst viewers. Critically beloved. A lot of people spouting hyperbole. A lot of canalisms out there. A lot of people saying, eh, just get the Emmys out there now. Give them all the awards. Greatest episode of TV of the year. I mean, it's a short year so far. It's not hard to do. But also people saying one of the best episodes of television ever. And some even saying the best episode of television ever. Would I go that far? No. But I think there is a lot of truth to the praise that episode has gotten. And I love duh and love without the duh much of it. However, it is with incredible and extreme caveats that my love exists. And I think one just to put it out there before I start to talk about it, the, 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 the nothing, I will be avoiding super specifics, probably, but maybe I'll even throw that out the window. That said, I will not talk around it to such an extent that it will be a spoiler-free conversation. So if you haven't watched it and plan to, skip ahead. There are timestamps, of course, on YouTube and in the description for audio listeners. So if that is concern, you've been warned now. The third episode follows Frank and Bill. More so Bill and Frank. I don't know why I said Frank first and not Bill. One, before I even get to the the, the story and, and the episode itself. Holy ship. The actor who played Frank. This is something that is only going to be distracting or noticeable for people who are particular about this or who are easily distracted or whatever and those who have played the game. But that actor, he looks so much like Joel from the game that it was mildly distracting I would think every time he was on screen holy shit that's Joel that's Joel 
That's Joel, everyone. What's happening? What's going on? Are they trying to play a trick on me? And they weren't playing a trick on me. But the episode mostly focuses on the relationship of Bill and Frank as it develops over time during this pandemic. And it is something that is different from the game, not only the exploration of this relationship, but the outcome of it, where it goes, and where Bill's journey ends. You don't see Bill and Joel and Ellie together because he's already dead. <laughs> That's a huge spoiler. So fuck it. I guess I'm not even talking around spoilers. But the caveat I spoke of not that long ago is the incredible, convenient way in which this relationship begins the coincidence the forced nature of it and I am more than willing to hear arguments against this criticism and I want to also remind people I loved a lot of this episode but I don't think you can ignore the fact that in this world with a lot of people dead not many survivors, that the one survivor who just so happens to show up on Bill's land, he just happens to be another gay man and a good gay man. And by good, I mean he's not out for himself and going to backstab him and blah, 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 blah. That is incredibly convenient and coincidental and just feels forced and phony and inauthentic to a point because it is. And I can't give you an alternative way in which to handle this, this meet cute, this beginning of the relationship, because there are things you'd miss out on if the relationship was already established prior to the, the 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 pandemic and everything and I haven't I didn't want to spend too much time thinking about my thoughts on this episode until talking to you all now because I wanted this to be fresh and all that however the the fact of the matter is that what we get from this forced beginning this coincidental, convenient, meet-cute, etc., is so beautiful and done so well that it makes up for that. It's not excusing it. You can't, I can't at least just act like that isn't an issue, but I can ignore it to a point. I can accept that we needed that in order to get the rest of the story, to get this beautiful story. Because the story we get, this relationship between Bill and Frank, 
is so beautiful and I'd have to think about it. And there are so many things I haven't seen plenty of any films, I'm sure, and series, whatever. But I can't think of a better representation of queer love on film in, in movies or TV. I can't think of anything better than this because every other example of this I've seen, even if it's in small ways here and there, they can never escape the fact that they are telling a story about queer love. The queerness, quote unquote queerness, is not something that they can get past. But in this, it doesn't fucking matter. It's just a love story. And that is something I've been waiting for for so long. I remember when Love, Simon came out, I was so excited because I thought we were just going to get this high school rom-com where instead of it being a boy and a girl, it was going to be a boy and another boy. But that's not what that movie was. And I don't know if it was really marketed that way either. And, and, and that is me potentially projecting what I wanted on it when it was really just a coming out movie, which there's nothing against that. And I think in many ways it's still good in that sense. I think the the directions this story takes in some places and that that douchebag blackmailing sub-stories, it, it kind of ruins the whole thing for me. But that was a letdown. And a, a recent movie, Rose? Is that what it's called? That What's his name? Billy Eisler? Eisler? I'm Billy on the street. That that movie, that just, that didn't work for me on multiple levels. But here, we just get this incredibly beautiful love story. And there's not much to say about it specifically. I, I just, I am so happy it exists I don't understand what I don't understand what the pushback is because I haven't looked into it. I, I don't feel the need or desire to read a bunch of dumbasses complaining about something for what I can only assume with a, a very strong, educated assumption, guess, whatever, that all the reasoning for people being upset is stupid as shit. And maybe it's, this doesn't follow the games. That's not, you need to follow the games. And even people who, uh, I've watched some critics and, uh, and content creators talking about the episode or just the show in general, complaining at times that, they oh, they didn't do this scene from the game. They didn't do that scene. Oh, I wish they would have done this. And anytime I, I see those complaints, even when they're, they're still very much so enjoying the show and have nothing but positive things to say about it except for those minor complaints I'm thinking why why do you need that there are enough little callbacks you don't need to have direct scenes from the game it's nice to have these callbacks I, I can only assume 
that the little bit of dialogue about shooting being really hard or whatever it was where Joel was saying, yeah, in a lot of gunfights, everyone just misses each other. That's that's just a general thing. That's not a me thing. That's not me saying. That's just a general thing. And I... When that when that line happened, I thought <laughs> you you speaking to me because you're you're basically just trying to make sure I know the fact that I thought the shooting sucks so much in The Last of Us that there's a justification for it and it's just that real people suck at shooting. It's just the way it is. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter in the in the game. It fucking feels like shit. But episode three is beautiful and. The, the fact that the story is handled so well makes up for that that forced beginning. Then, before I move on to what I've been playing, uh, and just continuing with The Last of Us, I really, really, really liked episode five. I, I really liked the direction the show, probably more so than anything, because like, the Bill and Frank love story is just the standalone thing I loved. And I don't think in the context of the show and the story that it added. It it, it, it feels so of it like on its own that how much does it add to the overall narrative? And, and there's nothing to say you can't have that, that you can't have these side stories that give you a little break. And I, I, I love the fact, too, that I, I was really concerned. Oh, is, it, is Frank going to die during some gunfight or something? Is he going to get shot when the compound is being raided? Is that is that how we're going to lose him? And I'm so happy that they just got to live their life together. And it, it, it ended, in some ways, it reminded me of seeking a friend for the end of the world and the way that ended. But I thought I thought it was just so so beautiful and lovely. But then I really liked the direction the show took with Henry and Sam. I I, I thought the actors were great. I liked the the change to Sam, his character. And since that that episode is very fresh, I don't I don't want to talk to in specifics about it but I really like that it's funny that The Last of Us decided to completely rip off Gears of War you know fucking where's where's Xbox coming to sue Sony here's the fucking hey you don't want us to buy Activision Blizzard well we want we want some money for The Last of Us because you just you put this shit from Gears of War in your show what's the dealio but that 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 set piece was something to something to behold it was incredible in many ways i would just say the the one thing i didn't like about it is and people i I believe already know that you'd see one of these characters at some point one of these infected the boomer or whatever it's called, the big, bad, bulky one. I kind of wish that wasn't in the show at all because it, the, the show up until this point has felt very grounded 
and that thing was very over the top and somewhat silly. It was like the Hulk wrecking havoc over this this space, and it it took me out of it a little bit. But the Henry Sam stuff was so good. It's after episode three, easily my favorite part of the the show to date. And I've heard, I, I do want to say too, that I think the, the first two episodes are a bit rough. The second episode in particular is the roughest, which makes sense. It's, it was directed by Neil Druckmann. The end of that episode, people have talked about, but holy shit, seeing it. I don't, that is, I'm assuming that was a choice made by Neil. And... I woo. It is inching towards Josh Whedon esque. So don't do that again, Druckman, for the love of God. I hope that was you getting that one shit out of your system because that was, I, I hated that. But it's, it's very, very well done. There, there's no question. I'll, I'll wrap things up for now. I, I feel like I've just kind of run all over the place and meandered. It, it is unquestionable that this is the best video game adaptation, the, 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 the most well-made adaptation ever made, and may very well hold that crown forever because one, being a series gives them a lot of room to explore the story to it was a game that was so narrative heavy and already very cinematic and movie-esque that the translation is very one-to-one and it makes sense and it fits and it suits the medium very well but it won't go down as my favorite video game adaptation. I already know that because this, the dire nature of it, the the mood, the vibe is such that I don't see myself rewatching this often. Whereas, and, and also it is such a one-to-one with its changes here and there, but it is very much so like the experience I had playing the game with things that are better in this adaptation and things that are worse because I'm not in direct control. But it is just experience that that story again. And stuff like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter is just so much fun and enjoyable on a completely different level. And something like Detective Pikachu is a, a fun family movie that is great because I love seeing that world come to life and they, they do such a good job of world building in that movie more so than anything else that stuff like those movies are still more in the favorite camp whereas The Last of Us is in the this is just this is just good fucking cinema camp it, it's similar to Logan in that sense where Logan is just a good fucking movie but I would rather watch 
the Wolverine than Logan multiple times or Captain America the First Avenger, you know. Plug in a lot of movies and the Ant-Mans and, and stuff like that. The Last of Us is just a good-ass show. But that'll, that'll do it for all that and us. <laughs> I'm going to get on to what I've been playing. Starting with Wanted Dead. And I don't have much to say about this game because I played it for a half hour. It crashed on me twice. I lost a fair amount of progress. I'm playing this on Xbox. I lost a fair amount of progress playing this game. And there are multiple strikes against this game. One and two. One crashed on me twice within or, or, or during 30 minutes of play. So the fact that it crashed on me twice in such a short period of time, not good. Strike number two, it uh, lost a lot of progress during both crashes because of poor checkpointing or autosaving. I don't know what's going on, why I lost as much progress as I did. And then the final strike, and you're out, is the fact that what I did manage to play during those 30 minutes was not fun. It's a bad, bad game on all fronts. It's clear that there's going to be a lot of story in the game, and it's it's bad. This is this is a game that, in many ways, feels like a 360 era action game, like Ninja Blade or insert any other similar game there. But it plays worse. It runs well, and it looks nice in action. But when you are able to focus on the visuals and see the characters during cutscenes, they look rough. The hair texture is horrendous. The lip syncing is terrible. The voice acting is god-awful. It is just an absolute fucking mess. But I didn't care. I, I, I watched the opening cutscene, which went on longer than I was expecting or wanting to with the way the acting was going and there, there's weirdness in the the visuals too in how the skeletons of the characters are put together and some weird joint action going on weird finger it's just it's a a low budget semen ass game the vibe of it in general, before I get on to the gameplay and why it's just no, 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 is that of something like what I assume because I didn't play much of it, and it's because I didn't really jive with it. But there are there are those people who enjoy games like Deadly Premonition, and this may fall into that camp. However, I think for with Deadly Premonition. People accepted the bad gameplay because the world and the story was so interesting and weird and out there. And I think there was an openness to it and ability to really explore the space and discover things that's not seemingly in Wanted Dead. But when I finally got to play the game, it felt horrible and it's because i think they 
decided they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. And by that, I mean this is a melee game with a significant amount of shooting. It's a melee slash cover base shooter. And both of those slices of the pie suck. The shooting especially feels horrible. It is so bad. The cover system, which is based on your proximity to cover and you just automatically go into it. Garbage. Garbage. There are... <laughs> it like It's so janky because there, there are so many times that the enemy throws grenades, but I, I see a, an enemy throw a grenade and they throw it forward. Their, their animation is throwing it forward, but then they, the grenade just goes in a 90 degree angle to the side in front of the, the cover I'm in. <laughs> Alright, game. Whatever. Fucking fuck me, I guess. But the shooting feels awful. And I just figured, okay, the shooting probably... When I, when I was doing the tutorial and saw there was a, a shooting mechanic, which I didn't realize there was, I thought there was just the pistol that you could use during melee as like a parry system. I thought, okay, it's not going to be a big part of the game. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. The opening the opening action sequence is just shooting, shooting, shooting. And you can run up to enemies and fight them melee if you want. But when they're all shooting at you, you've, you can't do that. You need to do it. You need to play the game like a cover-based shooter. You have three AI teammates with you, but they fucking suck. They're, I don't know what they're doing. They're not killing anyone. They, they will give you one free revive maybe between checkpoints i don't i don't know how that system works and, and when it's reset but the shooting just feels awful it feels awful then the melee which works on a, a very hack and slashy system with parrying you you have a, a shield a, a blocking and then a parry system with the the left bumper and, and then with certain un parryable attacks you can use your pistol to stun an enemy and i thought hmm maybe maybe the maybe the melee is going to feel really good and tight and i would get into the flow of things when i was able to focus on the melee but that didn't work either it felt as i alluded to it just felt like a, a hack and slashy mindless action game where no thought is required for the combat and when that realization crept inside me I realized I hate this game I don't want to play any more of this and it crashed on me twice which pissed me off the story fucking seems stupid as shit the acting horrible the visuals anytime they linger on them and you can actually see them and focus on them ugh, it I can't remember the last time I had such a strong visceral reaction to a game so quickly in, in a negative way as I did with it. It just part of it too is just the fact that I was really excited for this game. I thought it was going to be an incredibly cool game, and the, the like that 360 era action game. That is something that could work for me. But I, I think if they threw out 
the shooting and really focused on crafting an in-depth combat system, it would have been better. If they did something more along the lines, and I need to go back and, and play through this game in its entirety, but if they did something more like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, is that the, the full name of that game? The riding game. Uh, if, if it was more in line with that, I think it would be a better game. If it was... What I remember playing of Ninja Blade, I remember liking, but I also think that game was a way more sort of a weird in-between an action game and Azura's Wrath of being very quick time heavy. Man, it is just incredibly unfortunate that there are those bugs and the crashes and then the fact that the game just does not does not have any redeeming quality. The story isn't enough to drive one forward. And like, part of me too was disappointed that there weren't any accessibility options or lower difficulty because I kind of just wanted to not have to be concerned about the crashing and, and, and throw it on super easy or turn on some accessibility options and just hack and slash very easily my way through some of, more of the game to just see maybe there are fun things and and directions it goes in and there's a pretty hefty skill tree three uh for offense defense and i don't know the other one but you get some abilities like this bullet time thing where you push in the the triggers i believe not the triggers the analog sticks and then she'll do something like there's some nice animation in the action and cool takedowns that are nice to look at for a few seconds, but then you're back to playing the game and it just isn't isn't good. So that is wanted dead. And sadly, you, you, you're not gonna want it right now. Let's leave it dead. <laughs> the, the other game I played is 10 Dates, which is the follow-up to Five Dates, a game I really enjoyed. And I was very excited for this. And wouldn't you know it, it disappointed me as well. Happy fucking Valentine's Day. You broke my heart. This game adds, as you might assume or, or be able to tell, five additional dates. And now you have the option to choose uh, what character you play as uh, from a, a sexual standpoint. So there, there's a man and a woman. And then in both cases, you will have one option at the end of each playthrough, at the end of each speed dating uh, event that gives you the, the chance to explore a same-sex relationship, which is nice. I, I was worried that they weren't going to have anything of that nature again, and I was like, come on. Come on, give us give us a little bit more representation than just heterosexual romance. And they 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 did. And, and it, those didn't feel super forced or anything. The problem though is that the the characters, a lot of the the potential dates in this game, a vast majority of them, are awful. And I couldn't stand any of them. The, the first date you go on 
when you're playing as the guy is this very posh uh, young lady who is a beautician studying international business or international law because she she needs you know you know I, I can't just live off of being a beautician I like doing this work but I need money and she is in a cryptocurrency and she just sold her first NFT and she bought a penthouse with the NFT she sold because it was a very expensive NFT and she's all I'm like fucking no 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 I try to sabotage that I try to be sarcastic and ruin that date and after the the night of speed dating she was one of the potential ones I could go on a second date with I was like fuck man I try to ruin that thing I try to be as fucking shitty and get out of that fucking date as quick as possible but still somehow she even like gave me a look she gave me a look at the end like uh, fuck what the fuck it was a weird like I just left awkwardly and she looked at me like fucking what the shit was that and then when i saw like i don't understand what happened there and then <laughs> there there's it feels it feels way more written and fake than five dates five dates felt very of of its point in time with the pandemic and doing these dates remotely but it felt a lot more natural and authentic and i liked even though he's a stupid idiot douche i liked the interactions with your friend but here and the two characters you can play as are friends the the lady she is the one going on the speed dating and she wanted to have some drinks with you the other the dude uh Prior to the speed dating and of course she signed you up without you knowing but it's just it's so on the nose with these stereotypes and, and stuff to where the second date as the guy is this goth lady and her number is 666 <laughs> and it's just so over the top with these characterizations the, the goth lady is all you know blacked up that's I don't that doesn't sound right but you know black makeup and all that jazz and she she was away she cut her eyes and she's like oh I had to fix my eyeliner and she's got one eyeliner that's like a black tear she brought her own goblet and she brought her fermented booze because she's not gonna drink the shit that's there <laughs> I forget what her job was some of these characters are super judgmental but the thing that bugs me about the game so much is that there are plenty of instances where it seems like this would be a perfect time for me to to make a choice for me to have some say in in the direction of these conversations but then i don't get choices there and they they seem to limit the amount of choices you get and then there are times where i will and this may have all these criticisms may have been in five dates and i just can't remember it and, and part of five dates and my enjoyment of it may have been the fact that I streamed it. I, it's been long enough that I, I can't really compare the two, but there are instances where I will make a choice. Cause you're, you're mostly just picking very simple one word responses that are elaborated in the way your character is reacting and responding. And there are plenty of instances where he goes off on some 
direction with the, the, the reply that I in no way intended or expected him to take it. And this is the this is true for both. I I I, I am constantly uh, I should I should degender my my words when I'm talking about the way the characters are responding because this is true for both of them, not just the dude. So that that they they will respond in ways that I wasn't intending, and that was frustrating. But there was no point, and this did not happen when I played as the lady. There was no point more frustrating than. During both playthroughs, as as the lady, I enjoyed most the the relationship with the other woman. I thought that was handled pretty well. There are still ways in which they have to add. It's just like, okay, you need to make more drama in here. So she's under house arrest or whatever, and she's also can't afford to pay this bill, and she's got this shit going. Like, I fucking get it, but with the guy that is the only one where there was a date a a footballer who i just fucking i adored her i thought her personality was so great and i liked i just liked everything about her she was so lively and bubbly and fun and open she was great and that is the 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 date i explored on a second date and on that second date we play truth or dare. And when I picked dare for the first time, what she asked was that I, for 30 seconds, tell her a story or something, or just or just talk to her, you know, continue the conversation while doing my orgasm face, while holding my orgasm face. And I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to clearly have any control over this so I'm just gonna have to watch this dude fake orgasm while talking to her for 30 seconds but what pissed me off in that moment and and, and then the day just derailed after this point when he's doing this it's going really well and she's laughing because it's a ridiculous face and he's making noises too but about halfway through or so he calls out a name it's not the date's name. It's his friend's name. The one who he had drinks with and, you know, signed him up. And when that happened, when I heard that, she heard it too. And she had the same fucking reaction. So I was like, what? Who? I do not understand why the game decided that... I, as far as I know, there is no secret storyline where you can explore a relationship with your best friend. I don't know if they're best friends. I can't remember if they were ever called or referred to each other as best friends. But why the game decided to throw that little hiccup, nugget, whatever the fuck you want to call it, into the story, into that moment, and just ruin my date for me in a way that just like I didn't, I didn't do anything up to that point with my interactions because you don't really have you don't have much say or control over the, the, the interactions you have with the friend it's just sort of a, a point where they summarize what is going on and just bookend the speed dating and then the, the the other dates the the sequences the chapters whatever you want to say or how however you want to refer to them I, I just I don't understand what the game was thinking 
and it was in that moment that I was so fucking pissed off that I almost I almost just turned off the game there and just said fuck it but then I did want to see what the the ladies dates were like her dates were fucking horrible 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 except for the the the, the lady you, you interact with at the bar after the night of speed dating yeah it's just it felt and again I'm comparing it and remembering five dates potentially wrong, but it, it just felt like there were more choices that were out of my hand, responses and replies that went in directions I in no way intended them when I selected the the choices whenever I did get to it. just, I, f I felt the designer's hands way more in 10 dates than I remember in five dates five dates just felt so much more genuine and this felt very it felt more gamey and and more written so that, that was a, a pretty big disappointment for me but, uh yeah that's that's pretty much it in terms of what i've been playing we have a few patreon questions too and i'm gonna get to them right now so from enchi if you had to live in a movie not just like the world of the movie, but Groundhog Day-esque live through the movie over and over again for the rest of time, what movie would you pick? Could also be a series of movies. So when I first read this question, I remember immediately thinking, hmm, before I hit the Groundhog Day part. And when I hit that, I was like, ooh, that is a very interesting twist to this because it changes everything. It it makes it so that worlds that are more dangerous and hostile that I would be uh, afraid of dying very quickly are, are a much more viable option because I would be in this Groundhog Day loop of being able to learn and adapt. And if I die, I just come back and I'm able to try again. So something like Middle Earth with the Lord of the Rings movies, way more viable of an option. I'm not saying I would pick there. I don't want to be there because it just—it also does—it still doesn't seem like a great place. Maybe, maybe living in Hobbit thing where they're just fucking eating shit and like whatever. But I wouldn't want to—I wouldn't want to be there still. And that got me thinking about a lot of things. The the obvious answer, regardless of the Groundhog Day nature of it, is the before movies because it's just two people connecting over time and being in these beautiful places while they're doing it. All, all I want to do in life is make a connection with a person in such a way. So being able to do that over and over and over again sounds wonderful. It, it also sounds like it would eventually be incredibly painful to connect with someone but never be able to fully explore it so that it, it's a double-edged sword. And then I thought to myself to, you know, not taking it to its fullest extent or not thinking about the Groundhog Day. I would just love to live in the world of gremlins because I would love my own little Mogwai. I love my own little gizmo. Adorable. I would take good care of it. I would, I would, I would make sure it doesn't get wet or eat. It's after midnight. This, but like, gizmo so adorable. I, I want to live in a world where those exist for real. So that, that was a thing I thought about. But then the answer I came to was 
something that when I got to it, it just made so much sense. Because before I get to my actual answer, something like Avatar, it has this fantastical world. And it would be incredible to be able to be in that world and see it and all of that. However, hear me out. When I look at something like Avatar, did I, I, I accidentally hit the mouse and I was like, oh shit, did I hit stop recording or anything? When I look at something like Avatar, yee, I could see a future where we are able to see, where we're able to visit a place like that. There, there is a potential future centuries down the line where space travel reaches a level where we're able to explore large amounts of space in a short period of time. And with that, we are able to discover new societies and alien life that is intelligent on our level and these incredible environments and, and all that jazz. Like the, the, the world of Avatar is something that is incredibly foreign to us right now, but I don't think is 100% foreign forever. It is something that if, if you open your mind, you could see actually happening in our world. Not during our lifetimes. I would be very surprised if that ever happened. But at some point in the life of our world, if we don't fucking destroy it before we're able to get there, I see it happening. But what I can never see happening ever, ever, ever is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Being able to live side by side with cartoons, with animated beings, that just seems so. I, I don't. I don't know how much I'd get out of it. Really, I, I wouldn't be able to do any special things or learn much of anything. So the the groundhog thing doesn't really factor here either. Exactly outside of the fact that with the cartoon nature of character, like there there may be more prone to me just getting fucking killed by some cartoon bullet that doesn't whatever I, the cartoon nature could be a thing where it's just like oh we don't know how fucking weak and fragile humans are so we accidentally fucking kill you over and over and over again because we're fucking stupid ass cartoons but that is something that I can't ever fathom getting to live in in real life There, there is no future where I can ever see Cartoons coming to life and living in our world. Of course, you know, they're, 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 a lot of them are, are forced to live in Toon World or wherever. But, you know, I think that would be such an interesting world to live in. And I like the vibe of it too, just the overall tone of it. But in terms of the Groundhog Day, just to try and think of something before I move on to the, the last question. What would I pick? What would be a good thing? That that is something where a world like Middle Earth makes more sense. But I don't I still don't want to be in Middle Earth. What would I pick? What would I pick? I don't know. The Groundhog Day is I might come back to this question. I might think more about it because I think it's such a 
good good job good job Edgy. you're you're you know your question asking is pretty all right most of the time but this is you may have top jedi for all time best question ever asked and it's because of that groundhog day aspect so good on you good on you Edgy. I'm, 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 I might come back to it. I might come back to it. And the last question is from Sunny, and it is, what are some of the PlayStation 1 games you want to play that you recently alluded to? I don't know if I alluded to specifically wanting to play certain PlayStation 1 games when I was talking about the Polymega, but just that my main reason for getting that system was for the PlayStation 1 emulation, and specifically the disc-based emulation, so Sega Saturn, TurboGrafx CD, etc. But... I do really want to revisit Metal Gear Solid. And I would like to play through the old Resident Evil games. And some of these are available on... Like, I could play them via my PS3. I think I own them in, like, the, the PS1 classic versions or whatever they were. Or if I signed up for the... Whatever, some of them are on there. There's the PlayStation 1 what is it what is that stupid thing called that little mini playstation that's not good and there are other ways to play them but i'd like to play through metal gear solid again 100 percent. and i never ever finished breath of the fire 4 i played it for dozens and dozens of hours but i did not finish it to my knowledge i'd like to finish that because i loved I was going to say adored and then moved on to loved. I uh, loved that game very, very much so. And yeah, I just, uh, another, another set of games that I don't know how far I'd actually get into them, but I just remember them seeming so weird and foreign and different. The fear effect games are ones I'd like to check out. Dino crisis. I'd like to try. Uh, there are a fair amount of games that I wouldn't mind revisiting or visiting for the first time. I just, I remember a fair effect being that oh, I get it. there's ladies, lady, lady with lady in it. And I was of the age where I was like, still kind of, Oh, that's, 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 you don't see that often. It, it felt so edgy, but uh, yeah. That'll do it for this year episode. That's it. Nothing else to say there. So uh, I think this ended up being a long episode. So I'm going to wrap things up uh, by saying, as always, you know, you know the drill. That'll do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. And if, if you'd like to find all my links, I was like mumbling, stumbling all over myself. If you'd like to find all my links of import, you can do so over at pxsausage.com. That'll get you everywhere you want to go in a nice, convenient way. And if you enjoy this here's show or any of the stuff that I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs to support me and my nonsense that way. There are multiple tiers, multiple kind of rewards, but for the most part, you're just providing your support because you enjoy what I do and you're not going to get that much out of it. You can ask questions at the $3 higher tier like Enchi and Sunny did this episode and 
with the the five dollar chair we can we can talk about attack the backlog and just there are some little extras you get with that but uh that is again patreon.com slash pxs so uh that is it that is all as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and for now one i hope if you celebrate if you have a loved one and you know doing something special for valentine's day i hope you have a very lovely day both you and your significant other and for now though adios arrivederci bye Go time.